0: For the, love of God for the love of God podcast. Welcome to For the Love of God podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast.
1: For the love of God.
0: All right. We are back another episode, gentlemen. how you guys doing? amazing amazing Not amazing
2: And I always say that because I just had just you know several sips of just the best coffee I've had in a few days, so it's it, really it really got, is
0: good. It really is she's a natural I'll tell you
2: I, I'm in a really good mood now.
0: you know, I think she might be a
2: christian I think so i'm I'm starting to see so. a little. She listened. Well, she said she was talking about for King and Country, which right. is a Christian group. So right, yeah.
1: nothing that would kind of a crossover uh, act, though. They're, they're...
2: yeah, you never know. It, yeah, I mean, you it never could go know. Both ways, but yeah, it well, she was uh, she was asking about you know, do you guys have worship practice tonight? She was yeah. like all like intrigued with the so. oh,
1: so getting to know you a little bit. Right. She's, she's she's fairly well. Now, she's
2: fairly new. We've we've actually been really working on a couple of the other girls there. Yeah. Um. In fact, one in particular finally came out. Uh, I guess, out of the proverbial closet and told us that uh, she was definitely not a Christian, definitely not interested in that sort of thing. And so, of course, we didn't mind. We're just thinking, well, you just don't know Jesus yet once you meet him. And we've had a few good conversations. And what was funny is she, right after she announces that, she catches us. She's leaving one night and she catches us out on our uh, outreach night, holding signs. And she Stopped and she saw both Jason and I holding up signs asking if, if people needed prayer. And she actually stopped and had to do a double take. And it's kind of like, What? She's like, I didn't expect you to be there. So then the next Tuesday, we're out here. She sees us and she says hi on her way in. I said, Oh, did you need a balloon animal? And she goes, Oh, no. Well, so a little bit later, I end up making her a flower balloon animal. I thought, You know, I need coffee anyway. So I t- took it over there. And I'll tell you what, I had never, I mean, I, I honestly did not expect the reaction. She looked at me, and she goes, that's for me? I said, yeah. I said, you look like you wanted a blue namble. I thought I would, you know, make your day a little better. She says, wow. She goes, thanks. And so uh, after we were, you know, after she makes coffee, I said, we well, have a good, or I hope you're having a good day. She goes, well, it's certainly a lot better now. It's a good answer. I'm like, wow, that's it's, and I, I I really only say that to say you never know what's going to touch somebody,
1: and I'll kind of build on that a little bit because not only did your kindness touch them, but there's something about when you can when you do something tangible for a non-believer, right. it opens their eyes and it opens their ears, right? And even something as simple as a, a balloon flower can can lead can open a door to a path that leads to salvation. So don't be afraid for those of you who are listening at home, do something kind, do something tangible for somebody else.
2: Yeah. The fact is the Bible tells us to uh, encourage others to outbursts of love and good deeds. You know what I think that really means? I think that means do good things for people and encourage them in such a way that it makes them fall in love with Jesus and want to do awesome stuff and serve him. You know, that's the long answer there, but. Anyway, I digress. I think I'm getting off track, but yeah, we've got our sights kind of set on on some of the Starbucks workers over there, and I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah, Um, you know, just planting little seeds here and there. And this maybe you know something's going to make them think. Something's going to make them go home at night and lay in bed and just kind of ponder on what they heard, and maybe it'll cause them to seek Jesus a little further and. Yeah.
2: Yeah. She probably it's thought that it was, uh, she probably thought she was going to end everything by just telling us, well, you know, people have tried to talk to me about Christianity. It's just not for me. I'm glad you guys have that. But, yeah. and I'm just thinking, Hey, I, I'm glad you told me that because quite honestly, it's way easier to talk to an atheist about Jesus than to talk to somebody who thinks they're a Christian, you know, and just kind of carries that Christian banner around, but really don't realize that they don't, they're not bearing any fruit, right? And you just kind of suspect that they're not Christians. Those are tougher people to work with. Yeah.
1: So, for those of you who are listening at home, what Reck is talking about is the parable of the wheat and the tares, Matthew, where we're told there are going to be people in the churches who are not what they appear to be. And that shouldn't shock anybody who's a believer who's, who've, who's even read a little bit of your Bible because there's a verse that even talks about this where, where Christ himself said that there are going to be people who call out to me, Lord, Lord, and he says, get away from me for I never knew you. That's, that's a scary thought if you're, if you're not sure of your salvation.
2: Right. Oh, you got to take that a little further. The, the fact is, is, he says, not only will they come and say, Lord, Lord, but they're going to say, wait a minute. But, 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 but Jesus, I, I, I did ministry in your name. You know, I went to church. I, you know, I'm paraphrasing obviously here, but you know, I did this, this stuff I I taught in the children's ministry, you know, and did all those things. And he's going to say, you know, the fact is you weren't obedient. And so therefore I don't know you. Sorry. And so, yeah, I think it's, uh, sometimes there's not only do people walk around as, sheep, uh, as wolves in sheep's clothing. In other words, professing to be a Christian, but not, but I think there's a lot of people who are confused and they feel like because of false teachings, they feel like they've crossed that line, but never really have.
0: Yeah. And, I, and I, what, th- the thing is about that particular verse about the Lord, Lord, I've done all these things. Yeah. Um, the problem really is they, they felt like they had to do all these works in order to get their get their um, seat in heaven, and he's, he's really saying, you just didn't have faith in me by believing in me and faith by grace alone that you felt that you had to work for it. I think I, the Holy Spirit will lead you to minister and to bring people to Christ, but it's not a, it's not a works-based faith. Well,
2: I think we're going to be talking
0: about that a little later anyway. We are. Yes. Why don't you
2: tell us what's going to happen today?
0: Today's uh, episode is religion versus relationship and how important the relationship is and and where religion kind of falls into that. And um, so we will get rolling on that after our game. So right now we're going to spin the wheel. the game is true or false
1: true or false this is always an easy game because you got a 50-50 shot of whether you're right or not
2: right which means i'm going to i'm going to just fail miserably cuz
1: well 50-50 are odds <laughs> I Whenever like there's I can a
2: handle. 50-50 shot i always <laughs> blow it <laughs>
0: So did you did you want to read the questions this week? You mentioned sure, the last. You mentioned last week that.
1: Okay, so true or false? Who's we'll, first? We we'll start with you, number. Jason. How number. many are we doing? We're gonna start with you, Jason. We're gonna start with me. Okay. How many are we doing? I guess we'll do ten. All right. All right. Ten so, it
0: is. Ten questions.
1: So, uh, Jason, true or false? The gate of hell is wider than that of heaven. True. Enter in by the narrow gate. Wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Matthew seven thirteen and fourteen.
2: That's why they, they wrote about the highway to hell <laughs> and not the bike path to hell.
1: All right. So, Rick, Moses once wrote, see with what large letters I write to you with my own hand. I, that sounds false to me. Correct. It wasn't Moses, but it was Paul. Paul, wrote, I was just, that's what I was thinking. See with what, what large thinking. letters I write to you right. with my own hand. That's that didn't Galatians sound like a Moses
2: thing. So, yeah.
1: Next. So, Jason, when Joseph was in Egypt and the foretold years of famine finally struck, domestic export business boomed. True or false? Phrasing that question.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Almost too
1: modern. True. All countries came into Egypt to Joseph to buy grain because the famine was severe in all the earth. Genesis forty-one fifty-seven.
2: All right. right. Good Funny job, enough, sir.
1: That actually, he wound up buying people, land, products. Oh yeah! Egypt was extremely rich during that time frame.
2: Oh yeah! All because of of uh, well Joseph, but get, because God blessed Joseph.
1: Right. So Rick, you need Jesus? True or false? <laughs> okay, that's what? A, that's a fair question after the last one. All right. So do, do you, you need, need Jesus? Uh, true or false? Yes, true. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, John fourteen six. So, I really hope the questions are going to be slightly more difficult than that as we move forward.
2: All I can say to that, really, I really just wanted to answer, duh. But.
1: So, Jason, hypocrites pray in their rooms. True or False. False. When you pray, you shall not be as the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Matthew 6, 5.
2: Yep, yep, yep.
1: Several of these questions have come from Matthew, which really helps. That's what we're studying in Bible study right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. It pays to be in Bible study, folks. Pays <laughs> to be in Bible study.
1: All right, Rick. Jesus' disciples did not wash their hands when they ate bread. True or false?
2: Well, they certainly took some heat for not observing the hand-washing ritual, so I'm going to say yes, true.
1: That's another one that's in Matthew. We just covered it. <laughs> Matthew 15, too. I was overthinking
2: that. I was thinking, now, wait a minute. Are they trying to trick me with something here? <laughs> yeah,
1: I was thinking that, too, because
0: I remember, I think if it's Jesus that it says something about it's not necessary to wash your hands before you eat.
1: <laughs> that's, that's the story. It's the, for they don't wash their hands when they eat bread. Matthew fifteen two. Yeah. It was the Pharisees that were complaining to Christ right. that they didn't follow the, the traditions of the elders. All right, Jason, you're up next. Mm-hmm. So we are now tied three to three. The devil can separate us from the love of God, true or false? Hmm. That's kind of a trick question
0: because... If you follow the devil's ways, the ways of the world, it can separate you from the love of God. I think you're overthinking it. Too. The devil can make you do it. True. Wait. What's the question? If
1: the <laughs> devil can separate us from the love of God. True or false? False. Nothing in all of creation there can separate go. us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Romans 8:38 through 39. Right. Good recovery there, man. Yeah. All right, so Rick, when Moses crossed the Red Sea... Hey, wait a minute. Why
2: was I helping him? Why was I rooting for him?
1: Because we're <laughs> Christians. Aren't why. we supposed to be like...
2: Aren't we? <laughs> Where's our competitive spirit here?
1: <laughs> All right, lay it on me. All right, so when Moses crossed the Red Sea, it marked the first time that God divided something. True or false? Uh,
2: that is false because he divided um, light from dark and water from dry land. and. Yeah.
1: The first division made by God was well before the time of Moses. God already divided light from darkness there in the fourth go. verse of the Bible. There we go. Genesis 1-4. Okay, you're up, Jason. Mm-hmm. King Darius commanded- Would that be considered long division? <laughs> Depending on how you look at it. <laughs> so King Darius commanded that Daniel be cast into a den of lions, then went to fast all night that Daniel's life may be spared. True or false? False. That is incorrect. It was not by Darius's will, but yeah. though in, through an evil plot that Daniel ended up in a lion's den. King Darius was very fond of Daniel. He actually yep. did actually did fast all night long and prayed to the, the God of Daniel. Hmm. Daniel six one through twenty four. It's a great story, folks. It certainly is. Okay. All right, Rick. After Peter's famous prison break, King Herod gave the four squads of guards a stern warning to be more alert next time. True or false? Hmm.
2: Boy, I'm trying to think of this outcome of that story. Never really thought about the guards much.
1: Um,
2: Yeah, I'm going to say true. False. Oh I took a hit and Jason has got his arms in the air. Yeah,
1: I think Jason knew <laughs> the answer to that one. It's in Acts twelve nineteen. When Herod had sought for him and didn't find him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death.
2: Oh there you go. Mm. There you go. Stern warning. Yeah, that was probably a little lighter than yeah.
1: <laughs> During the second attack on I, Joshua stretched out his javelin for as long as the battle was raging. True or false? I'm um, going to have to
0: take a guess on this one. Mm-hmm. And why would they say he did that if he didn't do it? So I want to say true.
1: For Joshua didn't <laughs> draw back his hand with which he stretched out the javelin until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Joshua 8.26. And for those of you who are listening, I is literally spelled A-I. <laughs> A-I.
0: I. I. A I, interesting. Now that we
1: started, with- <laughs> I thought that was a
0: Fonzie thing. A.
1: Now that we started with the uh, the city of I, we're now going to go to the land of Oz. <laughs> so, there was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job. Or true or false? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, this is like where he's from. You know, as many times as I've read that, I don't know that I ever paid attention to where he lived. So this will also be a guess. And I, just because I am not good at this, I'm going to take your approach. I'm going to say true.
1: Okay. I think the answer is false because I think it's from the land of what you Ooh, said. True.
2: I said true. It is false.
1: Not awesome. <laughs> <One, one, laughs> Wow. Three.
0: Wowzers. Okay. Tricky.
1: So that's uh, two. You guys have both taken two hits then.
0: I have two hits? Mm-mm.
1: I thought you had two. My bad. All right. All right. <laughs> Okay. This is live, it's people. Come tricky. on now. Ooh, I'm gonna have to practice that name. Uh,
0: oh, Mr. Nathan is stumped by a I word.
1: A fifthel. A fifthel. A A h i t h o p h e l. Sure. Uh, uh Hithophel. Hithophel. All right, I that's think on, that's I'm correct. That. Hithaefel. Oh, yeah. Famous for his counsel passed only by his pride. True or false? It does.
0: Um, what a crappy question. Ahithophel. You can't even pronounce it reading, and I'm supposed to know what you're talking about. Hey,
1: I figured it out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ahithophel. True.
1: True. Ahithophel's pride was indeed greater than his counsel. His advice wasn't followed. He hanged himself. Second Samuel seventeen twenty three. Uh,
0: certainly a negative outcome there. I've uh, been in there. I've been in that situation before. <laughs> where you hanged yourself? No. Where? <laughs> Or the the Indians weren't listening to the chief and the chief just wanted to go away.
1: (laughs) All right. right. There is such a thing as offering two turtle doves. True or false? Two.
0: I know
2: you could offer two. I'm going to say true.
1: I will say that if it's true, must be following offering of a partridge and a pear tree there you go so here we go i true just thought it'd be fun
2: to say you know well, to say true because i think it is might this off the
1: arc because you said true turtle doves together with pigeons were the only yeah. birds permitted to be offered in sacrifice leviticus 1 14, but was it two that's the question five, seven
0: yeah it was two and the reason is once they find a mate they stay with that mate forever and god did not want to separate uh, their mates so they took them so together. it was two
2: Wow! Cool. So you, get, that. you got you had a little extra inf-
0: insight on that. Well,
2: I knew turtle doves, but I just couldn't remember. Was it two or just any? But yeah, you got yeah. You had the backstory and everything. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs>
0: no points <laughs> <means> for that.
1: <laughs> he deserves the win tonight. I think he deserves the win for that
2: extra information.
1: You know what? I've lost track of how many questions I've asked, so I'm going to make this the last last one. round. Yeah. Okay. So Solomon was into monkey business. He imported apes. True or false?
0: How many questions? (laughs) I think we're done.
1: (laughs) What's the score? Right now you're ahead by one.
0: Ahead by one. Choose How many points do I have?
1: Only missed one.
0: How many points do I have? Only missed one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think we passed 10. Maybe. All right. Can you repeat the question? Sure. Solomon was into monkey business. He imported apes. True or false? False. False. Once every three Ooh. years, the fleet of Tarshish came bringing gold, silvery, <laughs> bringing gold, silver, Ur- ivory, apes, and peacocks. Yep. First yep. Kings 10.22. All right, Rick. Uh, this is not fair. Not fair? Not fair. Last question is, Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. True or false?
2: Really? <laughs> Should I say false just to... <laughs> allow cuz otherwise we're going to be tie
0: right
1: going to be tied we'll right.
0: have to have a tiebreaker around. round go ahead all right yeah i'm going to have to say true
1: that is false oh. god the father is lord of the harvest jesus the son is referred to as oh the see trick or the question tree. trick question Matthew 9, 9:38 john 15:1 that's why i said it was I see here's james <laughs> takes his first victory over pastor ray yay no i'm glad for that I think however, I for comma, comma, loss. How,
2: however comma however. however comma god the godhead is all one so That's you know true. i don't know you
1: can make an argument <laughs> <laughs> hasn't worked for me in previous episodes but well this is true this argument. is true and
2: since we didn't give it to you it wouldn't be fair but yeah no i'm i'm root i was rooting for you and i'm glad so
0: Ladies and gentlemen. All right, that was fun. It was. Okay, so that brings us to our topic today. Religion versus relationship. And to me, I have an opening statement. Religion versus relationship. Now, the definition of religion. The belief in, the wor- the belief in and worship of a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal god or gods. Ideas about the relationship between science and religion. A particular system of faith and worship, and also a pursuit or interest to which someone ascribes supreme importance. And the definition of relationship, the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected, or the state of being connected. The state of being connected by blood or marriage and also in the way, the way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave towards each other. Now, according to the definition of religion, it can not only be about worshiping God, but any gods, or even a superhuman. That is what I call a broad spectrum, and not one that I would put any amount of faith in. When you are part of a religion, you are simply implying that you are willing to worship any sort of god, which includes idols or even ideology. Cults are based on a religion, and we all know how scary a cult can be. A, religion, a relationship, however, is more intimate, more personal. And a relationship is what God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit wants with you, an ongoing, constant dialogue, prayer, faith, and dependence with him. Let's put it like this. You you join a religion, whether it's Catholic, Baptist, whatever it is, you join, you attend church, you hear what they have to say in service and you leave. And that's just that. It's an hour of participation. It's meaningless prayer and meaningless, meaningless fellowship. For those of you that have gone from one of these types of churches, from choosing to be a part of a religion to choosing to have a relationship with God, Think about how different that church experience was or is. Now, when you have a relationship with Christ where there is daily communication, meaningful prayer that isn't focused on yourself but others, where you put your faith in Christ in all things, where you let Him be Lord and make all your decisions, where you put everything and everyone second to Him, where you are seeking that closeness and that personal relationship. And when you go to church, it is not a participation, but a way to get closer to Him, to worship Him, and to have a meaningful fellowship with others that feel the same way. It's altogether different. When you form a relationship with God, is when there is depth. That's when you feel Him move inside you. That's when you think of Him not weekly, not even daily, but hour by hour, minute by minute, where every decision you make and every thought you have involves him. Then and only then are you truly living in the vine. Then and only then will you see God working in your life. When you are one with him, you will be rewarded. Now that is quite an opening statement. Are we done here? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I don't know if there's much to talk about or debate with that. You kind of just laid it out. (laughs)
2: Well, I think uh, you know. I think other perspectives and other ways of communicating it still might be helpful for our listeners. So certainly, I think we still have some things to talk
1: about. Um, Let's start with the the idea of the, the definition. the The entire idea of religion as a category is hard to define. There isn't a unified understanding or an agreement on really what the term religion really means. It's one of these words that's kind of nebulous. If you if you hear someone start to talk and they, they make a claim of religion, it's hard to debate that because their definition of that word might be different than than yours. So it's important for for you to make sure that you're when you are engaging with others who, who don't believe, if they bring up these words, don't assume you know the answer to what they think they mean. So it, it just be very careful with that.
2: Yeah, religion is, it, it can be kind of a nebulous term to people. Um, and it has a lot of implications and a lot of, uh, there are a lot of variants of the way people believe what re- religion is all about. And so I think, you know, having pastored for many years and had this discussion with many people, when I think of religion, I think of, I think of, it, the, there are certainly elements of religion in the Christian walk. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it's all about the reason. It's the driving force. For example, in religion, you are, religion is more about earning your way uh, to have what you want. It's, it's sort of you-focused. It's about looking at this entity, this divine god whoever I'm, I'm kind of being generic here um because obviously it could be multiple gods when you talk about religion uh, completely fake but it's about it's about knowing that they have something you want and then doing what they want you to do in order to receive that which they promise and it is kind of you driven You know, I'm going to do this so I can get what I want.
1: It's about behavior.
2: Yeah. It's, you know, and there's certainly more to it than that. But typically when when I talk to people about religion, when I hear people talking about religion, what it really boils down to is doing something to please God so they can get their ticket into heaven or to get his help or to become prosperous or whatever. We got quite a storm brewing out there.
0: We certainly do. And with what happened today at two o'clock,
2: <laughs> it's fitting.
0: <laughs> oh, you don't know?
2: And yeah. Yeah. Go Well, yeah. Well, I can take a break there. Go ahead. Sure.
0: Well, um, there was a post of, a few days ago about a, um, I don't know if it's worldwide, but it's certainly nationwide where all the atheists were getting together at two o'clock Eastern time and putting their middle fingers to the heavens to rebuke. Our Lord and Savior. And so that's why I posted on group media that we all need to pray at two o'clock because to basically counter what they were trying to achieve. And so I spent about ten or fifteen minutes in prayer, you know, just letting God know that we love him and we are here for him and with him and praying for their souls that may he may soften their hearts so they may change their minds and, and find God instead of rebuke God.
1: I did read about that and it was something where I remember reading about it and I'm like oh my gosh can you could you be more dramatic right. and self-focused right, right. Uh, the middle finger to end Christianity was the title of the headline that I remember reading. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and, uh, exactly. I, I just chuckled at it, and I just went on about they don't life. Get it. Like these people
0: just don't get they're it. They're gonna get it one day,
1: and uh, <laughs> you know,
0: God's wrath is gonna come, and if they can't figure <laughs> and, it out indeed. by then, indeed. then they're in some serious trouble.
1: So, sorry for the aside, guys. We we you hear a little thunder in the background. That's what you're what you're hearing. So, uh, Pastor Rick, you were saying.
2: So yeah, going back to the the whole religion versus relationship. So with religion, it, it it appears to me that it is more about what do I need to do? It's a bare minimum kind of thing. You know, you tell me, God, you tell me what I've got to do to get what I want and I'll do it. And so it's all about getting that end result there it's, you know, okay. So you want me to attend church once a week. Great. Uh, you want me to stand and sing three songs every week. Great. You want me to pray twice a day or, you know, face Mecca or whatever, you know, I mean, there's a, you know, a lot of variations of religion. And the fact is it's not what Christianity is about. Um, yes, there, are, there is an obedience. In fact, we talked about that earlier. Um, Jesus said, There's going to be many that come to me and say, Lord, Lord, I'm going to say, I never knew you. And what's the next word out of his mouth? He says, Those who, who you were not obedient to the Father. So I know listeners might be thinking, Well, wait a minute. If I got to be obedient, isn't that religion? Well, here's the thing you can't, I can't, nobody in this room can do enough to earn. Their place in heaven. We just—it can't be done.
1: That's that's the whole reason why we have the Old Testament. That's it, right there. Right. If you don't understand what the purpose of the Old Testament is, it's to show us that none of us are capable of behaving our way into deserving salvation. You cannot. There's not enough rules. There's not enough will. There's not enough desire to follow the mm-hmm. rules to earn God's favor we need a savior.
2: Absolutely. And so so taking, you know, looking at it that way, we can't do enough to save ourselves. There's no way we can do it. And knowing that God sent his son to die for all of our wrongdoings so that we might have eternal life. And we have that eternal life. We only gain that by entering in to a relationship. Now, here's why. God never wanted us to sit around and do religious stuff. I mean, think about it. You create somebody. You know, let's say you had, now, you know, imagine with me for a minute, guys. You had the ability to create somebody, create a human being, create a, you know, whatever, some, some living creature. And what would you want from that person? Would you want their love and affection and friendship, or would you want them to just Mm -hmm. do stuff, you know? And and what makes it even worse? I mean, yeah, great. Okay, if I built a robot and it cleans my house, that's great. (laughs) But God right now is in heaven. We are here and nothing we do is really helping him. There's nothing we can do to make his life easier or better. So it's completely wasted effort. And God never wanted that. He simply wants us. He simply wants us to love him. He wants us to love him in the same way that he loves us. Now, you say, "Well, wait a minute, then where does this obedience come into, into focus?" Well, it, it, I'm going to try to simplify this into a into a really short answer. God doesn't want us to hurt ourselves. If if he truly loves us, he wants us to be successful. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be safe. Right. And
1: everything. What loving parent wouldn't. Yeah, first
2: thing. exactly. And so what, what he did is he, he gave us in this thing called the Bible, he gave us some instructions and said, look, if you do these things, you're going to hurt yourself." And you're going to hurt others, and you're going to hurt your relationship, so don't do them. Oh, and here, if you do these things, you're going to have a better life. So he was just, as a good parent, he said, do these things because I love you. But he's not saying if you do these things, you'll earn a place in heaven. He's already covered that. He, He knew we were going to mess up from time to time, as kids typically do, and so he sent his son to die to pay the price for all of our wrongdoings. And all we have to do is have faith in him and, and then God's grace through mm-hmm. Jesus Christ covers all of our sins. But here's what happens. Because God wants us to do good things and he wants us to be healthy, he knows we can't do it on our own. So, as a gift to us and a seal placed upon us to guarantee our salvation, God gives us his Holy Spirit. And that happens at the moment we give our life to Jesus Christ. And when we get the Holy Spirit, now the Holy Spirit's job is to give us the desire and the power to do what pleases God. And what, is, what pleases God? To do things that are good for us and keep us healthy. And so we're, we're doing that no longer... To earn our way to heaven. In fact, we're not even doing it. The Holy Spirit is giving us the desire and the power to do it. What is our motive now? Relationship. God, I love you. I love you because of everything you've done for me. You gave me life, you gave me your son, you gave me this wonderful opportunity to live in heaven with you forever. And I want to serve you and love you and do things that bless you because of love. And that is the difference. You see, in religion, we work to earn what this deity has for us. In Christianity, it's all about relationship. And so we do what we do because we love God more than we love anybody else. That's why Jesus said, if you want to be my follower, you got to love me more than anybody else, more than your husband, more than your wife, more than your kids. In fact, the level of love you have should me should surpass the love you have for everyone else, and it should make it pale in comparison. In fact, Jesus said, literally, your hate, I'm sorry, your love for others should appear mm-hmm. like hate compared to how much you love me. It's all about love. And when we love God with that kind of a passion and love, love always drives actions. If you love your kids, you're going to do things for them. If you love your, your spouse, you're going to do things for him. When you love people, it drives action, right? And that is why we serve him. And so really what he's saying is that, you know, I never knew you. He's saying, I didn't have a relationship with you. And what was the proof? You didn't obey the father. And that proves to me you didn't love me, right? But the driving force is relationship. I serve my kids all the time. They're in their 20s now. And I still do stuff for him. I'm kind of ridiculous. Why do I do that? Well, yeah, I want him to live with me forever, just like the Waltons. Yeah, nice. that's true. <laughs> which isn't going to happen, and I know that. But it's because I love them, right? It's the relationship that drives it all. But, you know, that's, uh, that's my two cents. Nathan, you got thoughts on this? I know you're thinking you got, I see the smoke rolling out of your ears. <laughs> Why don't you share some of that smoke with us?
1: <laughs> well... You know, the whole idea of religion is a very broad, well, we've kind of talked about this, but religion can be applied both broad spectrum and narrowly. If you look at the broad spectrum, it will define things differently from all these different religions for different concepts like truth, you know, scripture, behavior, reason, death, meaning, tradition, tolerance, unity, humanity, salvation, morality, sexuality, family, all of those words and those concepts are things that can change based on your understanding of the broad term of definition. But when you're looking at the narrow term, which is the actions, it's about, like what Pastor Rick mentioned, it's about that relationship, because from a Christian perspective, you you might often hear some Christians sometimes quip that Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. Now, of course, if you're using the broadest definition of the word religion, the word accurately applies to following Jesus. Yet believers are meant to understand how behaviors and attitudes should flow both from and toward the person of Jesus Christ. So far as that understanding exists, Christianity is fundamentally different from every other religion in the world. And I mm-hmm. take that directly from the Got Questions web, website. So um, I found that to be a very concise way of putting that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I find when people are into. Uh, you know, i quote unquote, I got, I got air quotes here for you people who can't see it right now. People that are into religion, typically they end up having a minimal, minimalist kind of view. What is the least I can get away with? What, what is it that I, what is the bare minimum that I have to do in order to get what I want to have this, you know, eternity, but with, with a relationship it's about how much can i do it's it there it, there are you in fact you want to pull out all the stops and do it all as much as you can. Give everything away. Give your life away.
1: Think about how how you might have treated a, a significant other in your life. You know, when you fall, oh, yeah. head over heels for somebody. Open the door. You you you, you want to do them, everything for them. Bring them flowers. Open the door. Buy them <laughs> gifts. Take them nice places. Yeah. Take show a shower. Bash, rack up bags. Visa
2: cards that you can't really pay <laughs> off ever to get them stuff and take them places
1: because it's about what you can what you can sh- do to show them your feelings and your emotions. It's not manipulation, it's love. Right. And that's the same way it should be. You're going to hear a lot of people, particularly modern and modern times, that'll say, well, well, I'm very spiritual. And they are. They are very spiritual. They're very, very spiritual about a religion that they designed that is right. pretty much like a candy store, pick and choose your own adventure. Right. Um, but that rela- that religion that they're following is very narrow. It's very me-centered. It's what I'm willing to do, what, um, what I think, what I want. Whereas, like, like what Pastor Rick mentioned a minute ago, Christianity is more about, what more do you want from me, God? I love you. I want to do mm-hmm. more. What, what, what more do you want from me? And you'll notice that it's very not self-focused. And people struggle with that because mm-hmm. our, our natural sinful natures make us think about ourselves primarily. We were just talking about this in Bible study, but if you look at the, the 10 commandments, over half of them have to do with how you behave toward others. The other half is how you behave toward God. It's about controlling your own urges mm-hmm. and recognizing your own desire for selfish behavior. You're willing to put yourself ahead of everybody else and that's something that christianity faces head on we're called to look at others if not equal to ourselves perhaps slightly better than ourselves which takes humility and if there's oh, one word sure. that this world hates it's humility
0: yeah um yeah indeed <laughs> you know i was just thinking while you guys were talking uh, this a uh, scenario popped in my head where you know when you're witnessing to somebody and they're like, you know, do you know, you know, you're like, do you know Jesus? No, 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 no. I'm not religious. <laughs> well, I'm not either. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> cause I'm not a religious person. I'm not religious. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ and, um, I pray daily. I read my Bible daily. I minister daily out of love. I do them out of love. I do them because I'm so full of the Holy spirit that I can't help myself. And that's, that's just it. There you go. And when you're religious, when you are part of a religion, when you go to church every Sunday and that's pretty much where it stops the rest of the week, you're doing your thing. You're doing what you want to do. And next Sunday you go back to church and you may not even talk to anybody. You go, you find your spot in the pew, you listen to somebody talk for an hour and you leave. And then it's over. Until the following week, if you show up,
2: right? It's that bare. It's back to that bare minimum retali- or, uh, mentality. You know what? What do I have to do? Well, you right, know they yeah. expect me to go to church. Okay, fine, I'll do that. They expect me to volunteer once a month. Okay, fine. Yeah. You know whatever, I'll do it. I'm not going to like it. I'm going to be bummed yeah. the whole time. I'm going to crab yeah. all the way through it. Right. And have a
1: bad attitude and
2: have a bad attitude, but I'll do it. Uh, you know, but then I get my check mark. You know, and then you wonder, well, why does anyone ever gravitate towards religion? And I think I know why. Because religion is still easier. Think about it. Religion is about rules. And we want things that are spelled out nice and clear. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Okay? A, B, C, D. Now I'm done and now I can live my life the way I want to live it. And God is like, no, I want... You, I want all of you and I want to give you all of me. And what is it about religion is clean, right? It's not true, but it's clean. Do this, do that, do this, do that. A, B, C, D equals F. Okay.
1: Let me, let me build on top of that for just a moment. For sure. I think you're on target. The idea of every single person, if you're honest with yourself, there is a God shaped hole. If you're honest with yourself, you know just how fallen and how degenerate and just how unworthy you are of of love and of kindness and goodness just looking at your own life. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think in Bible study the other day I asked, has anybody here ever stolen anything? And almost every hand went up, right? And it doesn't have to be something of significant value. Mm -hmm. How about you at home? Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yes. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Have you ever looked lustfully at another person who was not your spouse? Have you ever been angry? Have you ever been angry at somebody? Because Christ says, anger is the same as murder. That is a standard that we cannot live up to. And when we're honest, we recognize this about ourselves. And so what a lot of people will do instead of submitting to, to, to what God wants for them They'll create their own religion where at least they can, you know, deceive themselves that they're doing something rather than nothing.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you, you use that uh, example of looking lustfully today. Right. I go to uh, a Kroger, uh, decided that I wanted to uh, have something for lunch other than uh, the broth I've been drinking, trying to lose weight. And so I went to get some some lunch meat and stuff and take it to work That's and air
1: crystals. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> you have any low carb, no calorie air crystals that are high in flavor. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm walking through the store and this woman walks by me, and I mean she is completely beautiful. And you know, I, and and so my first man instinct is to go, you know hubba hubba, you know? Well, I don't now, think I wanted to know this. <laughs> But you know, now here's the interesting thing, and this uh, is—I'm—I'm completely not blowing smoke here. Immediately, I think you know this is—you know—wouldn't be appropriate for me to continue to look, and I look away and go about my business. And you know, it wasn't—it had nothing to do with God. Wouldn't—it wasn't even about this. Is not—I'm kind of going out of context here, but it wasn't about—you know—this would offend God or He will be angry at me. It was because. I was thinking, you know what, this would really not be good, would not be fair to my wife for me to be looking at other women. I have committed my life to her and I love her and therefore I don't want to continue to look at this woman. And so I say that because this is an example of what love drives us to do. I didn't not look at that woman and lust after her because... I was afraid of getting caught by my wife Force rules. or to enforce rules. It was because out of love and respect for my wife, I knew it wouldn't, it would not honor her in our relationship. And therefore I chose to keep my eyes on the straight and narrow, look at my cart, keep moving, Rick, don't stop. Right. And so that is the exact same thing that uh, we should be doing with the Lord. That that's what relationship is about. I don't, I don't, I'm not, my first thought is, well, God, I know you wouldn't like me to do this. So, well, I guess I won't. It's, well, God, I want to bless you with my life. I love you and you've done so much for me. I want to do what pleases you. And I'm doing this because I love you. Huge difference. It's a huge motivational difference. And quite honestly, it's way more motivational. And that's exactly why people that are religious typically struggle. They struggle to do. Yeah. Well, first of all, they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. Uh, but second of all, their their motive is their motivation is not there. I, if, I'm, if I do it out of love, if my wife, if I knew that my wife was keeping a checklist and could know everything I was looking at, I would resent that. You know, I wouldn't want to do it because of that, because of a rule. But it's because I love her. That's a totally different motive. And it makes me want to be, mm-hmm. you know, honest to it. You know what I'm saying?
1: makes you charitable. You're willing to give... Yeah. Give up things right in order to put the person, the other person first,
2: right? So, you know, I mean, now, the, so the second question comes up well, why do people like religion? Because it's clean, it's neat, you know, give me, uh, let me know what I need to do and I'll do it. And then I get on with my life. But relationships, they're messy,
1: <laughs>
2: right? And they're a little nebulous think about it when you were trying to woo your current wives and I know that I can, you know, you guys are both married, uh, for those who are listening, you know, imagine, you know, the person you're currently chasing after or want to chase after or your wife or husband or your fiance or whatever, you know, what were you willing to do? And did you know what to do right away? You didn't, you didn't know them. So you're thinking, what do they really want? And you got to be creative. You got to think. And then you try things and they don't work. And you try to love them in the way you want to be loved and they don't like it. And so you get hurt. And then they want something and you fall and you don't do it. And then you feel bad. Relationships are messy, but they're also beautiful and they lead to wonderful things. And it's no different with God. And, you know, he's perfect. That's the easy part. You know, you, you're entering a relationship where half of the relationship is completely perfect, yeah. makes it much easier than than marriage. Let me tell you, but at the same token, because we're broken, because we don't all have it all, we don't have it all together. We often fail, but that's why the Bible doesn't say, serve me and do this, 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 and this, and this, and you'll be cool. He says, you know what? If you seek me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. Seek and keep on seeking. Ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. It's kind of like dig in and, 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 and chase after God. And when you do that, yeah, it's a little more, it's difficult because you don't know what the steps are going to be. With religion, hey, I just know I have to do A through F. With relationship. You might have to do A through Z and then start over at AA through ZZ and keep on going. You don't know. There is no end in sight because you just don't know. And so because relationships are nebulous, because they're uncertain, because they're messy, we want to avoid it. But I want to encourage all of our listeners and anybody who really has not entered into a relationship with, with Jesus Christ, he loves you just where you are. He is a come-as-you-are God. You don't have to go clean up first. You know, you don't have to change your life and become perfect first. That's the beauty of it. Religion says you got to do everything first. God says, come to me as you are. I'm perfect. You're not. And I get that. I want to help you become perfect, but I'm going to let you do it as you need to. That's the sanctification process. You know, all you got to do is just sell out to me. Just sell out to me and commit. It's, it's like, it's like wedding, you know, when you marry somebody, it's an all out commitment. You're saying, I commit to you forever. And we have to, in a way, marry God. And when we do, he's like, I'll help you. And it's going to be a lifelong process and you're going to stumble, but I'm going to pick you right back up. I'm going to dust you off and I'm going to put my big old arms around you and I'm going to love you. And, and the cool thing about God is he is like so perfectly loving I mean, literally his love is perfect. Love, the Bible says God is love. He defines love. And in fact, he's the only reason that we can love others. Without the love of God, you cannot truly love anybody else. Right, right. Because you don't, number one, you don't know what love is and you don't have the power and the strength. And then he gives you that little kicker. He says, you know what? I'm going to literally take up residence in you. I'm going to inhabit you. (laughs) And he does. He sends us his spirit. And his spirit works on us and comforts us. And, and the Bible says he even prays for us when we don't have a clue what we need, when we don't have a clue what to do, the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. I mean, how amazing is that? We don't, none of us have spouses probably that are that awesome, <laughs> you know, and we still love them. And, and, and God's saying, enter into this relationship and I will send my spirit My spirit will pray for you. He will encourage you. He will teach you. He will give you the power and the desire to do everything that pleases me. And as a result, you're going to grow. And yeah, what's the fruit of a true Christian? Obedience. But the obedience is not what earned us our place with God. It's not what earned us salvation. Our obedience comes from the relationship we have.
0: Big difference. If you are just starting your relationship with Christ and you may feel, because I went through this, I was, I chose to follow him. I chose to love him.
1: I could really blow your mind by asking, asking, did you really choose? But well, he chose me and I, accept,
0: <laughs> I guess I accepted, I, I accepted the offer. Um, you know, so, but I was almost, it was almost a, forced love i was i had to fall in love with him before i loved him you know what i mean mm-hmm. well relationships take time right it, it, it's not an instant thing it's not just because I, I say yes i'm going to follow you you are my lord you are the path and and it's just instant it's not i had to for some people it can be possibly but for me i had to i loved him because of what he did for me and and what he's going to do for me. But the more I was in my relationship, the more I talked to him, the more I prayed with him, the more I read about him, the deeper in love I fell for him. And then it came to the point to where you know how when you first start a relationship with somebody where it's all you can think about and you're constantly texting them and you're constantly thinking about what you can do for them and and this and that because you're just What's the word I'm looking for? Well, head over heels, for lack of a better word.
2: <laughs> I know. I'm sorry <laughs> I've been texting smitten, you so much, Jason. I apologize. <laughs> that's a good one, too.
0: What you're looking um, for smitten. Where it's smitten. all you can think about is that person because it's so new and so fresh and so alive and so vibrant. Well, you will get to the point in your relationship with God, and it may be right from the get-go. Most likely, it will grow from some point to where he is all you think about all day, constantly. You're constantly in prayer. You're constantly in conversation. You're constantly Mm -hmm. looking forward to the next Sunday where you get with fellow believers and worship him. And it's a daily thing. It's an all-day thing. And that's when you know, that's when you know that you are in love with the Lord is when it's a constant thing.
2: Now, see, some people would call that Religious, a religious fanatic. And and you know okay. what? that Added me up. Yeah, I know. But you know, that's not what it's all about. What it is, is a person who is deeply in love. And that's what love does to you.
1: One of our previous guests comes to mind. She was so smitten with God that she decided she was going to give him an entire day. Right. And an entire day became an entire weekend. And it was just so good and just so wholesome to have that type of relationship that she just right. built on it. Like, I want to do more of this, not less of it. Right. And that's, that's the kind of love that's waiting on you folks. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, You have the courage to lean into it.
2: Yeah. And, you, and just like any, uh, just like a date, you know, y- you might not, you might not totally trust God right now. And you might think, well, you know, I'm just, I don't know if I'm ready to, to get married to him, you know, quote unquote, there's my air quotes again. But, You don't have to, you know, get in the word. The the Bible is God's love letter to us and he reveals himself. And if you will get into the word and you will read and you will read his love letter and understand how much he loves you and begin to understand his character and who he is, what's going to happen is you're going to come to the point where you can take that step of faith. And face it, anybody who's ever gotten married knows that you are taking a step of faith. Because, you know, No matter how many years you're, uh, you stay engaged or you date, there, there's still a big change that happens once you really start living with a person. It, it changes the whole dynamic, and it could go either way. You know, Now, hopefully you choose wisely. You get to know your spouse, and you take a, a, an educated guess that things are going to work out well. Well, that's what you do with God. You get to know him, you understand who he is, and then you take that jump, that step of faith, and you enter into a relationship. The difference with, with God in a relationship with a spouse, well, maybe it's not different in a way you, the two become one, you, you, you come together sexually, you come together intimately in that way. And it does take, that's a new dynamic as well. Um, with God, it is kind of the same way. He literally takes up residence inside of you with the Holy spirit. And that changes everything. Uh, you now have an intimacy with him that, uh, is just, you know, you can't,
0: it's undescribable.
2: It's undescribable. I, I can't describe it. I would love to describe it for our listeners, but you'll know, trust me, you will know. And if you've ever met anyone who said, well, you know, I go to church and yeah, I'm a Christian, but you know, it's, keep it low key on the down low, you know, cause it's no big That's deal, right. whatever, you know, they don't have the Holy Spirit. They, they're not in that relationship yet. They might be flirting with it. They might be toying with the idea, but, you know, and they might even believe, but the Bible says that even Satan believes the demons believe, but they still tremble in fear. They're, they're not Christians. And until you cross that line and have the Holy spirit, you're still going to have to take it on faith. You're it's all head knowledge. But when you enter into a relationship and the spirit of God comes into you now, there's an intimacy, and you, you not only know about God, now you become a person who knows God, right? and that's not going to be stripped away.
0: So in a nutshell, the difference between relationship and religion, and, 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 and strictly speaking about the religion of God, not God's low, low, lowercase g, not your statues, not your cult, but God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. Religion is something you end your week with for an hour and it's over. Relationship is Sunday Mm -hmm. for me. Sunday is the beginning and the end of my week. Starting long. It is. I start my week on a Sunday in worship of the Lord and prayer with the Lord. And then the rest of the week, I
1: pepper him in all week. We can kind of summarize this by saying religion is about the minimums. Yeah. Relationship is about what more can I do?
2: Yeah.
1: It's a different way of looking at things. I do kind of want to speak to the listeners, though, to take a moment and read in Matthew 13, starting at verse 24, the parable of the wheat and the weeds, because the single greatest cause of atheism in the world is Christians who worship Jesus with their lips, but not with their lifestyles. That is what a unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable.
2: Right. And I would, I would say that uh, Christians in your sentence there needs to be in air quotes because just because you say you're Christian does not make you one.
1: And that's why I was pointing them to that section. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you understand whether you're one of the wheat or you're one of the weeds. And it's a matter of, do you look at your faith as something you get them do the absolute minimums for? or are you trying to give more?
0: Well said. It's time for Songs of the Week.
1: I guess I'll go first this week because I I don't normally go first. Take it away. Um, This song actually was, I picked it in the middle of uh, of our show tonight. Because there was a, something I said that just kind of resonated in my mind and reminded me of a song, and I started thinking: for this song, does it really fit a Christian thought process? Because so I have you've been,
2: picked a secular picked a song. secular
1: song, but is but it, there is definitely a message to it. And I encourage you to read the lyrics. It's an older song by Extreme called "Wholehearted." So there's a hole in my heart that can only be filled by you. And this hole in my heart can't be filled with the things I do.
0: Is, are you talking about that song by, the lyrics? Uh, that by, It's a very spiritual song. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, I know those lyrics. Extreme. Mm-hmm. I never looked at it as. <laughs> I, I, for the life
2: of me, can't can even remember the band. I just, I'm a blank. Hole in my heart, I
0: can it only be filled heart. by you.
2: Uh, we just lost like 20 or 30 <laughs> listeners right there. <laughs> that's, that's not all of them. Sorry. Sorry, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's from the 90s. So, or, uh, 1991, actually. More wow. than world. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: you know, I do have this theory that, uh, in fact, I, I actually wanted to uh, do a CD. Um, you know, I dabble in the instruments and, you know, that sort of thing. And so I always wanted to do a CD of songs, remakes, songs that should have been. Worship songs. (laughs) They were written maybe about a girl or a guy, but really, they should have been written to God. That's probably one of them right there.
1: You know, the funny thing is, is that song I just mentioned, the name of the album that it is off of is called Mm. Porno Graffiti.
2: Oh, my. That was
1: the name of the album. And they had a very spiritual song that could very well be a worship song, quite frankly, um, in that album. That's interesting to me.
2: Very, God very in interesting. Ways. All right. Well, I'm not sure where to go from there, but I'm going to just step right on in here. And uh, my song of the week uh, actually comes from probably a few years back, maybe 2010, 2012. I'm not sure exactly what year it was done, but um, a group that didn't really do much. They actually had about one album, and that was about it. They had some LPs but one hit wonder, uh, maybe I think there was a couple of them actually off this album, but I, I thought they were phenomenal and, uh, I'm sorry to see that they're not still recording, but they wrote a song that I absolutely think is amazing. It's called the difference. And I think it sort of applies to our conversation today. Um, this is a group called Philmont and the song is called the difference. And I want to read a few of the lyrics here. Uh, and I've tried so hard to mix the old life with the new. How many times do we do that? But there's not, there's no in between, rather. If I'm going to follow you, there's got to be a difference. It's got to be significant. If you're really inside changing my life, you would shine. You would be evident. If there's a difference, there's a difference. Here I am, I've got this baggage by my side. But I'm ready now to leave it all behind. So I'm taking this moment to tell you, and he's talking to God here, I'm open. I'm taking this moment to give you everything. And then they go back into the course. There's got to be a difference. It's got to be significant. And I think that that right there describes the salvation experience. Once you pack your bags and say, you know what? All this crap that I've been living for, I'm willing to give it up and God, whatever you want, I'm yours. And when that happens, there is a major difference in us. We become obedient, but not to earn salvation just because we're in love. (laughs) And that's what that song's about. When you see somebody that that claims to be a Christian and they're what I call kinos, Christians in name only, don't let them uh, derail your pursuit. Uh, just because they don't have a relationship with God you pursue him and look for the difference and Jesus said by your fruits by your one's fruits they'll you'll know the tree you'll know if they're for me or for, or against me and so look for fruit in your own life and it's going to happen sir yes. what is your song of the week
0: my song I've been listening to this song for a few days now and um it is such a fun song. It makes you groove. You're I not talking about the Hokey, hokey Pokey, are you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know? Well, you did turn Do yourself hook, around. Pokey. Well, you know, <laughs> I, did you guys know? Now,
2: now, what? now on a side note, physical? did you guys know that uh, the guy that wrote the Hokey Pokey just died, right? And uh, they actually had a really? really tough time burying him. They kept putting one foot in and then every <laughs> one foot out and one... Sorry, that was a bad joke.
1: I saw that one coming.
2: <laughs> yeah. Sorry, your song is... Did
0: he really just die?
2: No, he didn't. Okay. That was a joke. Sorry, died I didn't years mean ago, to actually. lie to the listeners. What's that?
0: I, I'm sure he died years ago.
2: Actually, I heard a comedian tell that joke once. So yeah, it's, he probably died millions and millions and millions of years ago.
0: My song is by Chris Tomlin. It's called Let God Arise. And we... <laughs> happened to be playing it this weekend.
1: No <laughs> way. There doesn't seem to be any sense of pattern to his no, songs not at
2: all. Though. They're just out of out left field. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have to listen to these songs all week so I know the stuff. That's why I listen to. And thank the goodness that we um, we have different songs every week,
1: <laughs> or else i listen listening <laughs> the same music all the time.
0: <laughs> the God arise by Chris Tomlin. Um, it's it it. It's it makes you it makes you dance. Um but here's the lyrics. Hear the holy roar of God resound. Watch the waters part before us now. Come and see what he has done for us, tell the world of his great love. Our God is the God who saves. Our God is the God who saves. Let God arise. Our God resigns now and forever. He reigns now and forever. His enemies will run for sure, and the church will stand, she will endure. He holds the keys of life, our Lord. Death has no strength, no final word. Yeah. Good stuff. You know
2: what I like about that song? The, 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 at first, I didn't understand you. Let God arise? What does that even mean? Let God arise. But think about what we've been talking about, you know, and, and the people that are hypocrites, mm-hmm. that, that are kinos, Christians in name only. What do they do they for the name it. of the Lord? They basically make, look, make God look bad. Yeah. They hold his glory down. They make people want to want to run away. Right. What do religious people do? They turn people off. They make them want to run away. And Chris Tomlin there in that song is saying, let him arise by the way you live, lift him up, mm-hmm. make him let him arise. Don't hold him down with your hypocrisy and with your religion and all that. Just love him. And let people see who he is. And when they see who he is, they're going to love him.
0: Right. Which is exactly why I picked that song. we just so happy to be playing it this week. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his story and he's sticking with I'm it. I'm sticking with it. Um, cool. So uh, any final thoughts, Pastor Rick?
2: Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, a uh, closing thought for the day uh, actually, actually comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 and it is the apostle paul talking and he simply says this and you should imitate me just as i imitate christ i'm going to read i'm going to read that one more time so short and so simple we can miss the the intensity of this and you should imitate me paul says just as i imitate christ now what are the implications for us today why did i bring this up because Paul was just a Christ follower. No different than Jason, you, no different, Nathan, you, no different than me. He was simply a Christ follower. You know, we want to put all these titles, St. Paul, St. whatever. You know what? He was Paul. That's what his mom called him. <laughs> that's what his friends called him. He
0: was Paul. His mom called him Saul, actually. <laughs> well, that's true. That, well, well, no, wait a minute. If,
2: after it changed, you know, I don't know if she was still around, but, but yes, you, when he was a baby, she called him Saul. But anyway. Point uh, to Jason. Where,
1: <laughs>
2: now, where was I at? What was I talking about? He says he is a normal, everyday Joe. Tent maker, no, you know, goes to the bathroom, eats like everybody else, puts his pants on one leg at a time, or maybe not in those days. Yeah, okay. But he said, he said, as a Christ follower, imitate me As I imitate Christ. And I want to, I want to ask you all out there today, if you're, if you are a professed Christ follower, can you in all good conscience look out to your peers, to those people in your sphere of influence, to your family, to your children and say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. If you can't say that something's broken. Paul was not perfect. He stumbled. If you don't believe that, go back and read Romans. He struggled. He he said, you know, the very things I want to do, I I can't seem to do it. And the very things I want to avoid, I end up doing them. It's a struggle. It's a constant struggle. But in good conscience, he could say, follow me as I follow Christ because he spent his time imitating, doing his best. If we aren't doing that, we cannot say that we truly love Christ. Because the the truest form of flattery is imitation. The reason I'm sporting a beard right now is because Jason has one, and I wanted to be like Jason, so I'm growing a beard. You see, it's the sincerest form of flattery. We can't say we love Jesus and not try to imitate His life, right? Jesus got a beard. That's why I have one.
1: Jesus uh, Jesus. (laughs) Jason is also bald. Imitate him that way too.
2: Well, he's not completely bald. (laughs) Just balding. Balding.
0: Balding. Yeah, I've been praying for hair for a while. He's like, I have everything to do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so
2: anyway, there you go. There so it is. live following uh, Christ and imitate him. Think every day, what would Jesus do? What would he want me to do? How can I love and live like Jesus loved and lived? That's it.
0: I can confidently say that I am have been hating Christ as much as I can. And I think if someone followed me, they would, if they imitated me, they would be Find themselves getting closer to Christ.
2: On the right path. Mm-hmm. Right. And if we can't say that, yeah, then we're not we're not we're not there yet.
1: I'm a little I'm a little different focused. I'm I find myself asking more of what more do you want from me? What more should I be doing?
2: I don't think we should ever really stop that. I mean, you know, face it, I'll we're never going to too. we're never gonna be my, there totally.
1: I think my goal is I don't want people to follow me but I want to follow him and if you other people he wants are following do? him and they wind up following me, okay,
0: fine. Here's what they, he wants you to do. Believe in me, have faith in me. That's it. That's and it. love him <laughs>
2: and love him and all that'll drive everything else. Everything else is driven by that. Mm-hmm. It's the driving force. So,
0: okay. Well, that's the show. And, uh, what a good topic. Um, yeah,
2: quite frankly, I, I'm a we little gonna- bummed that we're done because, quite frankly, I could talk about this for well through the night. Would be fine with me.
1: Yeah. At the same time, when we when when Jason shared the topic for, for tonight, I thought, man, I'm not sure we can get 30 minutes of da! conversation
0: around this.
2: Ye of little so faith, wrong, I was. Absolutely, <laughs> ye we, of little faith.
0: We are in at an hour and 20 minutes. Woo! And um, sorry, listeners. Which is, I was trying to have a shorter episode, but we kind of broke the rules this time. And um, I'm going to post an article. In the show notes, that is kind of relevant. Uh, we did bring it up during this conversation. Uh, and the question is: it's on gotquestions.org. Well, why will not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, be saved? Matthew 7:21. And it's really a really good explanation of kind of what that meant. And it really hit home. And so I will post that. In the description i'll share it with you fellas so you can read it and uh so that's it thank you so much for joining us tonight today whenever you listen to this and um please subscribe if you haven't share this episode and share share the podcast with uh with people so we can have more listeners and get the message spread out more so we can enrich your lives with the word of god god bless you all and thank you so much say good night rick good night rick Good night, Nate. Good night, Nate. Good night, everybody.